Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. In some circles, I am known as his little buddy. He's Sean Fitz. He's my big buddy. This is the Blue White Illustrated Daily Edition. We're going to talk about Penn State football, Penn State football practice, Ohio, just a little bit, and mostly Auburn. Uh, Let's get into it. I knew you would hate that. So that was that was much worse than your intro last week. But the, you did had you did sl- slip the little buddy thing in there, which is a joke between three people. Um, but uh, anyway, yes, it's great to be back. We're going to talk Auburn. We're going to talk Ohio. We're going to talk uh, a little bit about what Penn State needs to do to win this game. Uh, first, we're going to talk a little bit about practice this week. You and I sat on your porch uh, a few <laughs> hours ago, basically. Yeah. Uh, cooked up some notes, but I think the number one takeaway from everybody that attended practice on Wednesday at Penn State, Theo Johnson back practicing. Um, he's dealt with issues, uh, injury issues that have kept him out of the first two games. He did travel to Purdue, traveling this week kind of uh, irrelevant because Penn State doesn't have to limit their squad. Uh, that's a Big Ten rule that you can only have uh, a certain amount of players travel. So he he will travel. I feel pretty good about that. But will he play? Still up in the air. James Franklin said that uh, that's there's no definitive answer right now. They're going to keep testing it, keep working him through there. But it's a good sign to see him get there. He, he did have a big catch last year uh, against a, a 37-yarder against Auburn. And it's just one more thing that Auburn has to prepare for. Uh, you, you take a look at uh, what Franklin said later 
in the in the uh, media session. He says Auburn's reading everything. Auburn's listening to everything. They certainly saw that number eighty four was out there at practice yesterday, and that's something that they've got to throw in uh, throw into their bag of tricks. Yeah, I I've, I'm going to tread lightly here, but you know there are times at Penn State practices where players who are going through some bumps and bruises. I'm just going to use James Franklin's words, bumps and bruises who uh, are there and are dressed. And when you look closely, they're really not participating <laughs> all, all that much. Uh, Theo Johnson was right. Like Theo Johnson was, was an active participant in what we saw at practice last night. So I, I do think that if I'm hedging my bets, it's that he he's trending toward the cleared side, but Again, as James Franklin has said, kind of throughout this process with Theo Johnson, it's not his decision, right? It's not Theo Johnson's decision. It's not James Franklin's decision. It, it is a doctor decision. And so you just kind of have to wait and see, uh, you know, probably a game time, whether or not he's going to be cleared to play. What else, uh, what else stood out to you from last night, if anything? I, I like that you made that reference about him being in pads and actually active. It was nice to see Zariah Fisher out there in pads yesterday. Uh, you, you singled him out on the sideline the other day asking who that was because he looks bigger. He looks like yeah, he, he does put on some weight, and hopefully that's uh, that, that's good weight. Of course, he's rehabbing the knee. He's going to miss the season. There's no, uh, I don't think there's any chance, especially James Franklin said, um, that he was not going to play this year. Um, there's no chance of seeing him this year. But it's, it's good to see progress, good to see him out there on the field. Anytime that you can get a player – um, that you had hoped to count to, to count on involved in the process, involved with the team, keeping him connected to his teammates. It's, it's obviously a big thing. So it's nothing that matters this week, but to see Zariah Fisher out there, uh, essentially in pads, we'll, we'll throw uh, hand quotes up with that. Yeah. Good to see. Defensively, um, I, I watched the defense. You watched the offense. I think there was more interesting stuff on the de- on the offensive side of the ball. A lot of intensity last night. This is yeah. something we were laughing uh, when we were talking about it last night. A lot of uh, choice words. A lot of uh, you know elevated uh, vocal uh, vocal vocalisms. I guess we would call it. Yeah. Um, the state was very amped up yesterday at practice, and that's something that's a little bit different than what we saw last week against uh, heading into the Ohio matchup. So, um, get, seeing the elevated energy level, of course. The music's playing. Everything's bumping up there. It's uh, it was something to take away from yesterday because they look like they are. They look like they have stepped up their uh, their uh, intensity level. Yeah, you can't. It's we, we always get into this, uh, you know, trying to parse uh, intensity level and and those types of things for big games for not big games. Obviously, James Franklin wants to have a culture and a program that. Everything is steady. Everything stays exactly the same. And we see 20 minutes of practice. So, you know, diving too deep into what everything means is is probably a little bit of a fool's errand. But yeah, Mike Yurcich in particular <laughs> was laying into the quarterbacks, the receivers, to the point that actually one assistant uh, at, at one point said something to the effect of, hey, Mike, relax a little bit. And, and Yurcich was like, I am relaxed. I, I'm relaxed exactly what i think of when i think of mike yurcich is is completely relaxed yeah but i mean it, it's just the entertainment level um you know when these big games are coming around or these bigger games are coming around it's, it's different because you can see a little bit more hype a little bit more uh energy um coming off of the uh, you know sort of radiating from the field and and does it matter no i mean that's not what's going to win you the game on saturday so um so how much do you take away from that not much but it's, it's nice to see and, and you know if you're you know, play the cliche of who's locked in or whatnot. It's, it's certainly a good sign. Yeah. Uh, 
you've watched Auburn. Uh, I've watched a little bit of Auburn. I think that we have an opportunity here to to go through certainly what James Franklin said on Tuesday in, in previewing this game. Penn State played them last year, so Penn State fans are probably at least a little bit familiar uh, with some of the pieces that Auburn has coming back. What? Uh, where, where do you want to start? Should we start on offense? Just general, yeah. I mean, no more Bo Nix. Uh, that that long time uh, Auburn quarterback is gone with Oregon now. Six and seven last year, including a twenty-eight to twenty loss to Penn State at Beaver Stadium. Uh, it was a great game for Sean Clifford. Obviously, uh, they play a brutal schedule. Uh, they, I think, they played four ranked teams in four weeks last year. They had home losses to Georgia, Mississippi State, and Alabama. But the Alabama one very close, as that Iron Bowl often is. Auburn's a weird place to play, man. I mean, that's a that's a spot where you're going in and, and you're looking at this Auburn team and thinking maybe they're not the the best team Penn State will play all year. Maybe they're just a simply above 500, 500 team. But you're going into that element. You're going into that atmosphere. That's been a lot of talk uh, from Penn State players this week. Is is it's something special? It's something different and not something that you're used to. So I think that that's uh, it's going it's going to play a factor whether or not Penn State uh, responds and and plays in kind i think they're the more talented team i think it's going to be a factor this weekend yeah um you want to talk about the 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 quarterbacks i mean obviously tj finley a guy who is coming in there and maybe some maybe some mixed reviews so far at the start of the season accuracy issues might be putting it nicely um you know he's he came in started last week against san jose state robbie ashford came in for the second series and then he was out after two plays um came back in ashford almost threw a pick finley almost threw a pick there will be balls that are you know up up for grabs this weekend if the secondary can turn those into uh interceptions you've got an opportunity not particularly accurate either one of them um you know but you know we've seen guys that haven't been not particularly accurate in their career come out and have career days against Penn State so you hope that that doesn't uh doesn't happen this weekend uh man it, it was it was tough to watch uh just looking at where they stand and I know Bo Nix sort of like Sean Clifford there there's a lot of Bo Nix fatigue down there at Auburn but I think he was Definitely the the better option than these two, but sometimes you just got to move forward and and, and work with it. The run game is what you're going to focus on this week. I think it's in every defensive play, even the offensive players that we've talked to have talked about Auburn's run game. They're going to have to, um, you know, they've been nearly two to one run to pass tanks, tank biz, bigs B, excuse me. That's not the running back that I thought I would get hung up on. Uh, Jarquez Hunter, maybe some Damari Alston, um, you know, you throw in uh, Robbie Ashford, the the backup quarterback who can run as well. Thirteen carries, one hundred twenty nine yards. They're gonna they're gonna try and move Penn State off the ball. They're gonna try and dominate up front. Um, is the offensive line good? I, I'm not sure that they are. Um, they've had some really really good offensive linemen, really good offensive lines in the past couple of years, but I think they're up and down. Uh, offensively, the receivers a bit unproven. Tight end John Samuel Schenker is a guy that uh, he caught five passes for 62 yards last year against Penn state. Um, He's a guy that's going to be open the middle of the field. We saw Penn state really get into that blitz last week where you left the middle of the field open. Shanker is going to be a guy that's going to slip into those themes. And I think he's going to get get his catches and get his yards. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny because you, you mentioned these pieces, certainly the, the running backs and you know what, what they bring to the table, you know, what the offensive line brings to the table. Um, You know, uh, let's not overhype this, right? Right. (laughs) Auburn has a 
an efficient, effective running game. Is it all world? Probably not. I think they're ranked 14th in the country through two games in terms of rushing yardage. But you look at their passing game, and it's a it's very easy to understand why that is. They just they don't pass the ball not not effectively. Right. Um, you know, so when James Franklin, when when the media and these conversations that I think that we're all having this week about Auburn's running game, it sets up really for one of Penn State's, I'm not going to call it a weakness, but the, one of the biggest question marks on the field defensively, right, is yeah. is the linebackers, is the defensive front, and, you, you know, can Penn State hang? Can, can Penn State get into a game where it's, it's forcing Auburn to go, uh, you know, three runs and get a first down, three runs, get a first down? Can, can they do that? Um, I think we're going to find out. What about what about Auburn's defense? Is there anything that stood out to you about that? Well, I, I think this is probably the theme for the entire Auburn team is that they've got talent. Like there's talent spread across this roster, but it's not really uniform talent, really. They've yeah. got some guys in, in, in certain spots. Their defensive line, uh, pretty good. Uh, the edge players will be a challenge for, for Olu Fashanu and Caden Wallace, uh, you know, trying to, trying to get to Sean Clifford. I just don't know that they have uniform talent development across the board. And, and you have that with, uh, with, programs that change coaches and find themselves a year or two um, out of a coaching change. So I, I, I think that's it. I, I, what you come away with with this whole team is you've watched them for two weeks and and do you play the game where, well, they're, they're holding back for Penn State, they're being vanilla for a reason. You look at last year, they scored over 60 points in their first two games. So there was reason for confidence for that offense. This year, they put up 42 against Mercer and, and 24 against San Jose State, tied 0-0. Um, at the end of the first quarter against San Jose State. So you don't see that confidence of where those points are going to come from. As we've talked about several times, uh, well, between ourselves, I guess this is just our <laughs> second podcast, but we talk about it all the time. The points are are what gets you there. And, yeah. and really, Auburn is, is I think, going to struggle to score points this season on the whole, given their quarterback play, given the way that they're going to try and and, and score some points. Um, secondary has been has been fine. I don't think they've been really tested. I think the middle of the field is going to be something that Penn State can work their way down with, with tight ends, with Parker Washington and things like that. Um, they've got early season tackling issues, but everyone does. I mean, Penn State is, has it, and, and you hope they clean that up by the time they, they face this run game. So, um, I, I mean, this Auburn defense, I don't know what you can take away from the first two weeks because um, they've, they, they've held San Jose State and Mercer to, to low point totals. But, uh, yeah, they certainly have more questions. I think coming into it, you you have a fairly good idea of what kind of team Penn State is uh, and what kind of talent level Penn State has across the board. I'm not sure you have that coming in uh, from the Auburn side of things. Yeah, a little bit, little bit of uncertainty certainly for Auburn. And you know, I think if you're being honest, uh, Penn State as well, which we can get into in a moment. But first, want to give a, a a little bit of a a break for our sponsor for the show. Uh, have you been looking? For a reliable source of Penn State football tickets, Jim at TixmanJim.com, formerly at PSUTixman.com, has been running his ticket exchange in Wilmington, Delaware for over 25 years. Every buyer is handled with courtesy, respect, and every ticket purchase is guaranteed. Proceeds are used to fund the PSUAA Chapter Scholarship Fund and the PSU Levi Lamb Fund for athletic scholarships. Obviously, very appreciative to uh, PSU Ticksman Jim uh, for for his uh, support for the show. And certainly after last week, Penn State has a bunch of home games 
remaining for for you, uh, the listener or the watcher, to uh, to reach out and and secure those tickets. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, this game, Penn State. We saw them against Ohio. 44 points. 46 points? 44. 46 points. 46 Excuse me. Points. <laughs> 35 uh, after you. Yeah. And, you know, it always throws me off a little bit. Um, we don't cover Iowa, so it's not as important. But, yes, that's true. Yeah, I, oh, my goodness. Um, we're not going to get into that. We're not going to get into not going to get into Iowa. What 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 do you what do you make of this Penn State team? What does this game come down to in your mind? This is going to sound funny because of the last 19 years that we've been following Sean Clifford as a Penn State quarterback, but quarterbacks are going to be the, the big difference here. And Penn State has the advantage here. Uh, yep. You know, Penn State has an experienced guy. He was lights out against Auburn last year. I don't know that he can match that or anybody can really match uh, the numbers that he put up last year. Uh, but I think Clifford gives Penn State the distinct advantage with his experience, with his ability to to run. I think the quarterback run could help. I know he didn't do it much last year against Auburn, but that could help. And I'm not gonna not gonna sugarcoat things here. What's behind him? makes him a little bit more available to run. So yep. um, yeah, T Frank just put in the chat here, Penn state will have three of the best four quarterbacks on the, on the sidelines this weekend. I, <laughs> I don't disagree with that. So, um, you know, it comes down to the most important position on the field. I don't think we're, uh, you know, breaking any news here, but Penn state does have the decided advantage. I think when you take a look at TJ Finley, when you take a look at Robbie Ashford, Robbie Ashford is slippery. He will run. He's impressive when he does run. Um, he's not a particularly good passer. So, containment there um is a big thing but yeah just keep coming back to the quarterbacks in this matchup because i think that's really all i don't say all it comes down to but that's uh that's what it comes down to yeah uh, clifford went 28 of 32 last year with one interception 280 yards and two touchdowns and he only took one sack which i think is actually kind of an interesting point to consider this week, just given the fact that I think Auburn's uh, perception of its own defensive line and defensive front is that it's it's fairly capable. Um, you know, certainly uh, Sean Clifford's ability to diagnose, make the right reads, and get the ball out quickly, avoid some of the problems that I think have existed through the first two games. Look, n- nothing has changed, right, a- about what Penn State is in terms of its offensive line. Better, still probably not great. Sean Clifford and and his ability to uh, perform under pressure, probably still not a great thing, right? <laughs> right. And so if you can, if you if you're Penn State and you can avoid those pitfalls and you know maximize what you do have uh, at, at your behest, which is a, a running back in Nick Singleton, certainly Katron Allen, Kevon Lee, Devin Ford. Uh, look, these are these are good running backs. I think that the 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 nature of Penn State's running game just last week, certainly we got a glimpse of it at Purdue where it was held short a little bit. And this game will probably more resemble that than it does Ohio. But yeah, if if Nick Singleton can get going, if Catron Allen can get going, 
if 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 Devin Ford out of the passing game, right, uh, catching the ball out of the backfield can get going. Uh, I think certainly there's a big opportunity there uh, for Penn State to to have a balanced approach offensively, keep Auburn on its heels a little bit, and put up the type of points that Penn State's been seeking for a few years. How about the- Yep, sorry. sorry, even Kevon Lee out of the backfield as a receiver 100%. has been, I mean, he obviously got the game winner against Purdue, but he's, yep. I mean, that's been his kind of role when you throw Nick Singleton out there. You th- you know, uh, obviously, Singleton and Katron Allen both uh, above him in carries. So that's, I think that's very interesting when you take a look at what they're going to do with with uh, Devin Ford, with Kevon Lee, while you're continuing to get these youngsters ready. And as you mentioned, this is a different level of athlete. You know, Auburn has a way to go in terms of talent development and things like that, but this is a different level athlete than Ohio. Yeah. Um, so maybe Nick Singleton doesn't run away from these guys or get the edge or, or have that ability, um, you know, similar to what we saw against Purdue. Um, so they're going to have to adjust for that. The offensive line, can they sustain this momentum? Can they, um, you know, continue to make strides in the right direction? So through two weeks, I think we've seen that, but you, you obviously would like to see more. Um Caden Wallace certainly circled here. Uh, this is one where you've got edge rushers. Um, and do you know what they what they are? Because they've, they've beaten Mercer and they've beaten San Jose State. Not not quite, but Aku Leota uh, off the edge is a pretty, has shown to be a pretty good player. And they, they think highly of him uh, on that Auburn staff. Caden uh, Wallace, man, this is another one where you're going into a tough atmosphere. You're going to have to get off on the snap count and not let those guys around you. And that's been, uh, that's been a struggle for him. Olu Fashanu has been, Incredible, I think so far. I'm big, big fan of Olu uh, for a long, long time, and I think that uh, you know he'll he'll be fine. But on that right side, we're going to see what uh, what they've got for for Caden Wallace, and that's going to be a, a concern going into uh, going into Saturday. Um, going back to the offensive side, uh, K, uh, excuse me. Going back to the offensive game plan, I think the screen game can be there uh, with running. They saw a great running back screen last week. Um, that short passing game, Keandre Lambert Smith could be available. Um, and then Parker Washington, I think, is going to have some short stuff available to him along with the tight ends. As I said earlier, the middle of the field was susceptible for for Auburn's defense last week against San Jose State. So if, if Penn State can and push it down there and string some first downs together, I think that that's a recipe for, you know, keeping your defense off the field and, and, and you know, really maximizing your output. Yeah, I think I think this is a theme that uh, I, I return to quite a bit, but. Penn State's explosive plays certainly were, were at the forefront last week against Ohio. Uh, are, are you going to have those type of numbers again? Probably not. But can, can you get five to eight explosive runs, right? Even if Nick Singleton's 70-yard run is 45 yards or, or 40 yards, you, you're still in business in those cases. And I think that the way that probably both of us are looking at this matchup. You, you would think that Penn state has the edge offensively against their defense, but pointing out Caden Wallace pointing out Sean Clifford. uh, It's just a matter of what do the splash plays look like for Auburn's defense? Uh, Right. It's not, it's not necessarily, Oh, Auburn's defense is going to shut Penn state's offense down for the entirety of the game. It's if Penn state makes a mistake, if if that's Caden Wallace, if that's Sean Clifford, if it's Keandre Lambert, but like you name it, and I don't want to exclude anybody from the opportunity to make a mistake. Parker Washington had a drop in the first game, uh, but wh- how costly are those mistakes, right? Because that's kind of the way that you would foresee this turning into a closer, low-scoring game. 
than maybe what Penn State's uh, offensive opportunities are. How about on the defensive side of the ball for Penn State? Defensive side, quarterback's also the key, if you can believe that. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that pressure there, – there's been a lot of talk about the D-line getting pressure and getting sacks and things like that. Uh, and while that's important in every single matchup you play, I don't know that it's paramount in this one. Um, you know, keep those quarterbacks in the pocket. Robbie Ashford obviously can run. Finley can run a little bit, but he's not going to kill you. Um, but you, I think you're going to hurt them more by them throwing it to your secondary, which is yep. darn good. Um, so you've got an opportunity to keep him in front of you, to keep them in the pocket and, and make them do some things. Um, you know, Chop Robinson, I think, is going to play another uh, big role this week. Uh, Hakeem Beeman is a guy that can, if you can keep those defensive tackles in front of him, I feel like I say this every week, if you can keep those defensive tackles in front of them and, and hold up that pocket, it's going to play to your advantage. So really interested to see what can happen with that. Active hands were a big thing at practice yesterday going in. Oh, like a the passer from behind trying to get strip sacks and things like that. So I think that uh, pressure once again will play a role, but does it result in sacks? I don't know that that's, you know, the ultimate, uh, well, it's obviously the ultimate goal, but I don't know if that's the thing that's going to change everything. So especially yeah. when you've seen these quarterbacks throw, um, wrap up Robbie Ashford, uh, speaking of quarterbacks, uh, he's slippery. He can get out there. I think he's got 129 yards rushing this year. Um, so you got an opportunity to keep him in front of you. Containment is key at every level of the defense this week. Containment is key because Auburn, um, I don't know that they're going to string together these big, long drives, even though they do have that running game, but they're going to try and get Malcolm Johnson loose, one of the fastest players in the country, a kid from D.C. Um, so they're going to try and get these receivers who are unproven, still looking for weapons, but trying to get those guys loose. Um, and and maybe they do that. Maybe Penn State comes out and plays a similar style than they did against Purdue, or you're trusting Joey Porter, trusting Kalen King, trusting those guys on the outside to play one-on-one, bringing Tig Brown up into the, uh, the, into the box to play the run, which is probably the right way to attack this. But containment is going to be huge at every level of the defense. Linebackers need to step up. They've been talking about playing the run and how much they enjoy playing the run. We're, we're going to see if Tyler Elton and, and uh, Kobe King can get that done in the middle this week. Yeah, Curtis Curtis Jacobs certainly talking about his strapping on his hard hat and and being ready for that physical type of a game. It's it's kind of interesting because it it might be counterintuitive, but I actually think that this game ends up being a, a big game in either direction for Penn State secondary. I think right. It's it's it could be seen as the strength of the team so far this season, and I think that it is the strength of the team. But uh, again, that one off. Right. What does that one off look like for some of those younger uh, pieces in the secondary? What does it look like for Keaton Ellis, for, for Tig Brown, for for Joey Porter? Right. It, it's it's just a matter of can you provide the run support that they're probably going to need in that front seven uh, and then avoiding the big play? Because as James Franklin harped on a little bit on Tuesday, if if Auburn has the running game going and Penn State is fixating on the running game, that's when Auburn strikes with with the play action. Uh, it, it has happened before. You've seen Penn State get burned on it before. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't think necessarily this season, but um, it, it has been an area that I, I think has warranted some level of concern for Penn State. So definitely going to be right. Like <laughs> Auburn's quarterbacks aren't going to pick you apart. They're not going to complete twenty five passes in this game. 
But what what does the one big one look like, the two big ones? And can you avoid that? And so far this season, I think the Penn State has. But again, it's going to be very, very critical in this game to, to maintain that. Do you remember when Sean Clifford, I think it was his first year starting and, you know, started out pretty well. And then he, I think he got to the Iowa game where defenses realized that they could switch coverages at the line of scrimmage and he was toast. I mean, yep. that was that was rough to watch. I think you can do that. I think Manny Diaz knows that. I think you can do that with these Auburn quarterbacks where you're dropping linebackers, defensive ends. I mean, you look at some of the throws that they made with that were either picked off or nearly picked off. You're, you've got second level, first and second level players dropping back into zones and, you know, just they don't even see them. I mean, yep. you're, you're throwing to ghosts right there. So I, I think that that's something that you can do with these quarterbacks to try and keep them, you know, off balance and and switching switching things at the line of scrimmage. I, I think that, that I think that Penn State has the advantage in terms of they can attack when they want to do when they want to, and they can also sit back and and, and let their their secondary try and fool you into throwing the wrong ball. And I think that that's going to go a long way. I don't know. We, it, we've talked so much ab- about Auburn and. It sounds like we're saying they're bad. I don't want to say they're bad, but they've got <laughs> they've got inconsistencies at certain areas that can certainly put them behind. And when they get behind, that's going to be a, a struggle for them to throw the ball to come back. Yeah, I think I think that's totally fair. But at the same time, I think it would be disingenuous to say that Penn State, all things being equal, on a neutral field in a neutral environment, whatever that that we don't see Penn State as having. A, a good amount of advantages in this game in terms of the pure matchups. It's just a matter of, again, that locale, the environment that you got to play the game. And it, and if you're anybody in this situation, Sean Clifford is the guy I think that you want in that situation. He's been through all of those things. He's, he's played in those environments. He's had success. He's had failures, obviously in some of those environments, but in terms of readiness and preparedness, he, he's got that uh, at least under his belt. And I think the Penn State's offense feels fairly confident after what happened last week moving forward. So. Yeah, absolutely. Got to keep moving the ball. Got to keep moving those chains um, and, you know, keep obviously keeping your defense off the field. Um, go to players like Kevon Lee, like Devin Ford in those certain situations. Uh, play the screen game. Get the ball into your experience, guys' hands like Parker Washington. Um, and, and I think you've got a, a, you know, a recipe to try and, um, turn that atmosphere or silence that atmosphere as quickly as you can. And if you yep. do that, you, you can be okay. Um, yep. I don't want to say that there's a snowball effect in this game because, um, you know, you look at it and you think Penn state's got advantage in, in decided in, in levels, but you also probably thought that about Alabama coming in uh, last year to this, totally. uh, to this stadium. It's, it's a very tough place to play and, and, and rightfully has the, the reputation that it does. Yep. Picking, picking a, a sizable win is probably not, uh, advisable. Not advisable. Yeah, <laughs> right? not like it's just, it's just not Could one thing that, but not one, thing, <laughs> one thing that we touched on earlier. And I think it has to be mentioned here. Uh, Tig Brown brought it up last night that Penn state's, uh, pass breakups, uh, or passes deflected, uh, you know, in combination are the most in the country right now through two games. Uh, James Franklin brought it up. I think on Tuesday, he might've even brought it up last night, converting pass breakups in interceptions, I think becomes, 
uh, you know, if not a focal point, a major driver in this game, right? This is something that Penn State has believed has been possible, and they they have a lot of faith in that secondary to be able to make those plays. They haven't happened so far this season. Uh, this is one where that would become very, very advantageous to to wrap that up. Turning um, turning turning hurries into sacks, turning pass breakups into turnovers uh, yep. can can absolutely flip the game and make it you know, make it a snowball game. So I, I, I don't know the Penn State's defense is there yet. I would like to see that, uh, you know, some of those things. I mean, you take a, take a look at that that Joey Porter first quarter drop, and that's, you know, that's a big play in that yep. game. You know, you, you did come back and win, so you don't think about it as much. But those are the big plays. And and offensively, it's it's breaking a tackle and getting to the sticks and, you know, maybe getting out of bounds. And, and those little things like that, especially on the road, especially in an atmosphere like this, are going are gonna to swing the game. Yep. And, and, and again, I mean, if you're, if you're us, if you're anybody uh, in, in Penn state world, who's looking at this Penn state team after the last two seasons, I, I think it's very fair to say that it's a wait and see, right? It's, it's, you think that this is possible. This seems like it's possible for Penn state, but uh, until it happens and happens on a consistent basis, it's, it's tough to argue that it will. Uh, what do you got? What do you got? I got Penn State 31, Auburn 21. Um, curious where the Auburn points will come from. I, I think they'll get yards. I think they'll run the be able to run the ball successfully. I think Penn State will have to shore up its tackling early and, and try and figure out where they stand from a, a defensive schematic per, uh, perspective. But if they get up, they, they certainly have the advantage there. So I've got Penn State winning by 10. Um, I do think there will be points put up. I think uh, Penn State's running game, while obviously won't uh, touch what it did last week against Ohio, does have the ability to, to pick up uh, chunks on the ground. So anxious to see what's what's happening there. And if Auburn continues its tackling uh, tackling woes that they have in the first couple of weeks, the screen game can be there and you could pop Nick Singleton off with a, with a screen game or with a, uh, with a long touchdown or a long run in that screen game. So I think Penn state has the advantage. Like I said, it's, this is a terrible comparison and you'll probably take the the first thing at, at face value. It's like playing a Maryland. Maryland has talent. Maryland has certain spots on the field, certain position groups that they are really good and they have been really good, but across the board, you know, you can get worn down because you don't have the depth at, at certain spots. And I think Auburn, Maryland's not a very good comparison in terms of, uh, of team to team, but that's what you're looking for. You've got a very uneven roster and a very uneven spot, uh, very uneven matchups across the board. And I think that's going to play to Penn state's advantage in the long run. Yeah. That's, that's actually the type of game that it was at Maryland last year, right? It was uh, close through kind of three quarters and then Penn state broken open at the end. Uh, your score is probably much, much different atmosphere there. <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> More Auburn fans will be at this game than uh, than there were Maryland fans at that game last year. Uh, I got 28-24 Penn State. I'm, I'm hedging in both directions. I, I think that Penn State gives up a goofy touchdown somewhere uh, at some point. Special teams possibility, not sure. But that's where I see Auburn's points coming from because I don't, like you said, really see Auburn having any type of sustained success. Uh, and then Penn State's 28 I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm very much my, my head says I've seen enough and that I think that this is a Penn state team that can have sustained offensive success. They have enough pieces and Nick Singleton, Nick Singleton, Nick Singleton is going to score touchdowns. Uh, but I do still have some questions about Penn state's receivers. Always will have questions about Sean Clifford <laughs> and his ability, you know, to, to avoid, 
some of those backbreaking plays, it, right? Like it, uh, fool me once, fool me twice, fool me 700 times. Shame Six on years. me. <laughs> Shame on me. So no, it's, it, you know, where, where does that, where do those Auburn points come from? Where does Penn state lose points from? Yeah. M- mistakes and, and things like that. But in any case, I still see Penn state being able to, to walk away here with a, a closer than maybe anticipated win. So uh, any last thoughts? Not really. I think we covered quite a bit here. Um, I think it'll be an enjoyable atmosphere for college football uh, to those people traveling. And I think that that's something that's that's really cool about these matchups. James Franklin was asked about that and he said he wasn't sure what would happen to games like this in the future with the realignment and and, and things of that nature. But that's big picture talk that we'll get to later Um, for now. Yeah, I I think we've we've covered quite a bit. I think Penn State does have advantages. They're just going to have to, uh, you know, make that extra play, make that extra, you know, pass break up into a pick and send it the other direction and, and, and you in your business. So we'll see which Auburn team shows up. I'm not sure uh, that we've taken much from the first couple of weeks, um, but you know, you can say that pretty much about any team in the country. So we'll, we'll see which, uh, which teams show up on Saturday afternoon. Yep. And, and regardless of what happens, blue white illustrated will be there in person uh, having you guys covered from every direction. So we will have full coverage from, from the Auburn game, full coverage from Alabama, uh, traveling through the wilderness to, to get to this to this spot some some travel issues uh like penn state football is experiencing right now but in any case uh we'll be there and we'll have you guys covered so thank you sean for uh for the time and for joining us and uh we will see you guys uh very very soon Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven 
8 hope ny or text hope ny in new york